0: Shafey? Shafey, are you there?
1: Buddy, where's the spatula? Okay, kids,
0: let's go. There's just one place to go for all your spatula needs. Spatula City! Spatula City! A giant warehouse of spatulas for every occasion. Thousands to choose from in every shape, size, and color. And because we eliminate the middleman, we can sell all our spatulas factory direct to you. Where do you go when you want to buy name brand spatulas at a fraction of retail cost? Spatula City! Spatula City! And-
2: East Side, Austin, Texas. Back room, microphone in front. No birds on the bird feeder, for the sun has long since set on this cold night after the solstice night. But we're happy to be here. We're warm. We are basking in the glow of one magical hour. Another Matthew and Schaefer podcast, Pachanga. And that's why I'm glad to introduce this guy, Matthew Rampy. Today's podcaster, he gets high on glue with his
0: faky garage and his headboard, too. <laughs> Rush was my
2: first big up concert experience. The was, that, was that at the Lubbock Municipal Auditorium?
0: It was indeed. <laughs> it was indeed. The Roll the Bones tour. Were you at that show? I was not. No. I I remember actually the, the Nihot and Vimi and some other Hutch people were sitting a few rows in front of me. I was there with a guy from church, and um, it was a good show. It was a, it was a good first concert, I think. I'm not. I'm still not
2: really into huge, big up concert experiences, but um, uh, that was fun. Oh, I bet that was an yeah. that was an interesting one. I'm so, I'm sorry, I never got to see them. Uh, even though, you know, I, I, I you know, I, I was never, you know, a, a diehard rush fan, uh, but, I, you know, they're very talented at what they did. You have great appreciation for the prog rock movement, right? Unparalleled. Yeah. When it comes to prog, prog rock, is there really another name? I don't think so. I mean, there, well, there are some other names. Yes. Uh, and he sticks, the, but the King Crimson fans are grinding their teeth out there. <laughs> you bastard. Um, <laughs> How dare you, sir? How dare you? Yeah, today is the day
0: after the winter solstice, which man, I love the winter solstice. Uh, I it's autumn is my favorite season, and there there's a sadness. There's obviously a sadness with the winter solstice because it's dark and things are dying, and um, things are dying or dead. Um, But man, I just, I love it. It's so cozy and uh, I love the significance of it. And it does draw to a close autumn, my favorite season. Uh, It was a a great autumn.
2: Me too. And I'm sure, you know, there's a lot of people who don't agree with me on this issue, but if there's a sadness to the winter solstice, it's from the fact that now the days are going to get longer and it's going to slowly start to get, start to get warmer. And everything that I like about uh, the, um, fall and winter seasons is coming to an end, but it's that slow March towards summer. Yeah. And, you know, and down here in Austin, Texas, guys, it is a Mars. I know like I should not be complaining about it right now when I have, you know, six beautiful months ahead of me, but August is always rap tap tapping. Right
0: yeah, door. It's, it's looming. Scary. Every time I survive another summer, it's like such a triumph and, you know, and every summer there's that, we start making calculations, you know, what's it going to be this year? We were talking about Boise last year. It was Portland, Maine, you know, (laughs) anywhere, anywhere to, to be a refugee from the brutal heat. Um, But you know, it's a flip flop. It's, it's damned. If you do damned, if you don't, it's half, it's six of one, half a dozen of the other, because here we are in Austin on the winter solstice, enjoying some beautiful
2: days. Yeah.
0: And I'm sure that the inhabitants of Portland, Maine are not feeling the same.
2: Yeah. So, and I mean, yeah, total flip side. Like, I remember the melancholy that came, you know, in, uh, in September in New York when, you know, and those are beautiful days, too. But you're like, you're feeling that chill sneaking in the air, and you mm-hmm. know, that it's about to get, about to get rough. And, you know... The, I, I would struggle with that. The Irish, the Irish seasonal workers are going home from Montauk, and they're closing down the, closing down the Highway Bar. In Amagansett, uh, and yeah, it's, you get, you get get getting ready to buckle down and go back to work after you know the summer is a pretty carefree time in the city. Um, so yeah, you know it's it's always uh, there's always. Six of some and half a dozen of others, as you said earlier um and yeah you know it's i on, on the whole i'm I'm really happy right now to be enjoying all the uh all the preparations for the holidays and all you know the uh increasingly important football games uh even if uh i am uh, I'm no longer have any fantasy interests going right now, I'm disappointed to report um not that anyone would care with me. The Concrete Lions and Los Chicharrones are both out of the playoffs. What? of now? <laughs> oh, I
0: thought you were having a huge season. You got to yeah. the playoffs and then you lost?
2: Yeah. As, oh. you know, it's just the, it's the way this crazy world works, isn't it?
0: Yeah. I mean, Don Cheadle total, told us that it's a whole new game when the playoffs come. uh, Do do you remember those Don Cheadle NFL spots for the playoffs? They were great. They had gravitas. (laughs) Uh, I'm feeling the gravitas now because, well, I think everybody here cares because the hunter-gatherers were banking on your winnings to up the audio quality here. I think that we have a really great podcast here, and if we could just really get the audio quality dialed in, that would be fantastic. I don't, of course, our guest tonight, and I'm sure you're already aware, is my hot water heater. Um, <laughs> there are those times when people are using hot water in my house, and the, the, this this guy just comes on like a like like the greatest sidekick in podcasting history so just enjoy if you're hearing a clank or a bump that's that's what you're hearing i'd like to build myself a little pod pod you know like a little room within the room i saw some examples online of some dudes that had put together a little sound booth situation maybe i don't need a sound booth situation maybe i just need to not podcast right next to the hot water heater
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I do it all. Matt, uh, Alex Battles would take issue with that I think well if You're it wasn't if it wasn't heater. for
0: the gall darn veracity of the fake garage uh, you know it's it is podcasting verite and I you hear that little click 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 click, click. I don't. Okay, well, that's good. Maybe, I, maybe it's just me on my end. Uh, I'm struggling a little
2: bit this evening. We, uh, I was. Let's see. First big concert. So, oh, yeah. We, what was what was your first big concert? My first big concert was at the Summit in Houston, Texas, what is now Joel Osteen's like uh, Baptist Church. Holy moly! Uh, it. Uh, but I saw Bon Jovi and Skid Row. Whoa. circa 1988, 89. It was the Brotherhood tour for their album New Jersey. Uh, and Skid Row just released their first record, uh, such classics as "18 in Life" and "I Remember You."
0: Now, did a parent
2: uh, accompany you? We were. We did. Yes, Carl Rhodes' mother. Okay. You had Caroline a cool. Rhodes. You had a
0: friend with a cool parent. Yeah. See, I, I was, you know, I was, I think I was 14 or 15 by the time that I saw that big concert. Yeah. You know, I didn't, I didn't personally have a cool parent to take me to a concert. Amy's mom took her to Def Leppard when she was like 12. So
2: it was a big, you know, it was a big deal for me to get to go to that. That was, you know, uh, Catholic. Catholic doctrine did not hold that kids should be going to concerts. Mm, right. At least not, not the doctrine of our household. <laughs> um,
0: but yeah,
2: but we made it happen and it was, it was really fun. Um, it was quite, quite the spectacle, no doubt. What do you remember from that night? I, I remember Sebastian Bach from Skid Row encouraging us to put our middle fingers in the air. Oh, wow. <laughs> which we did heartily. Bunch of rebels. Which we hardly <laughs> joined him in. Uh and there was they had this big Bon Jovi had this big catwalk built. A big U shaped catwalk.
0: Of course. That allowed
2: them to kind of walk around and they could be on because we were up on the mezzanine level. So it allowed them to kind of, you know, Richie Sambora could be doing a guitar solo, or John Bon Jovi could be singing, and they would be like right out there on our level. So that's kind of cool. Uh, you know, just a way that they would found to engage with more of the audience in a giant, you know, stadium setting. Uh, Did y'all have
0: yeah. y'all have decent seats?
2: No. Oh right. Oh uh, yeah, mezzanine. Yeah. Uh, no. We're, yeah, we're up there, um, but we didn't feel like we missed out on any. You know, the experience. You know, I mean,
0: I think it's it, interesting that that place
2: is now a mega church. Yeah, <laughs> and like you know, it wasn't just you know slayer played there and the rolling stones like lots of lots of cloven hoof devilish rockers
0: oh you mean like joel austin
2: <laughs> they uh they treaded that stage where now joel austin treads
1: yeah, where yeah. His,
2: that's about right where his angelic gold-tipped wings now flutter
0: don't get me started on <laughs> televangelists and, and megachurch leaders. Joel Osteen's got that, uh, that whole, th- this is the best scam in the world. Listen to this. He tells his followers, if you want it, pray for it. Whatever you want, whatever your heart desires, pray for it. I mean, who, Oh, people are like, yeah, that sounds great send me some money I'm gonna help you get the things that you want trust me Uh, well let's do a whole episode about that let me get my thoughts together
2: on on that whole
0: scene. (laughs) Uh, they were makes it makes me
2: crazy they were notorious during one of the big hurricanes that hit Houston kind of the first you know there's been this kind of tranche of uh, of hurricanes that have hit right in the kind of the same area you know, over the last couple of years. And when the first really big one hit Houston, there was a tweet that came out from Joel Osteen that was like, our prayers are with you. And somebody was like, <laughs> not just somebody, a whole bunch of people tweet, tweeted back, like, the hell you say you have a giant place where, you know, hundreds and hundreds of evacuees could sleep and, you know, use facilities. Like, how about... How about if we, if we, in addition to the prayers, add some actual action to this? and it was, it was several days of just really just the most horrible PR they could imagine, and the, before they unlocked the door, they are like, "All right, no, you're, you're right. God's changed his mind about this. Come on in.
0: The, those guys are the height of hypocrisy, that whole career.
2: <laughs> it's just unbelievable.
0: We let future show topic the biggest hypocrites in history.
2: <laughs> uh, hey, um, all right. I'll do that. But we, we also have to, uh, we have, provided we shine a light on our, on our own hypocrisy as well.
0: Um, okay. I'm in for it. I mean, you know, I you, don't, mean, you mean as a program
2: or personally? I think personally, yeah. Or, or as a program, however, however how it works for you. You know, I'm, I'm very much a, you know, cast knots, you know, let he who is without sin be the first to cast the stone kind of person.
0: Yeah, but I know. mean, there's these certain guys, and all that comes to mind just at the moment are megachurch pastors and the like, but I'm yeah. sure we could apply this to politicians and historical figures. Like, you know, there was that guy that from the Colorado church, smiling real big guy i can't remember his name at the moment but you know his whole thing was like anti-gay everything and then you know then they find him with a male prostitute and doing crystal meth you know it's like if you're gonna if you're gonna take your self-righteousness to a certain level you you open it up to the fall really hard and uh, i mean it, it, that's hard to compare to anybody's kind of day-to-day hypocrisy. Although yeah. a sin is a sin, I suppose, but, but I, 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 am a bit of a believer myself and I don't go around preaching because <laughs> for some, for some of those similar reasons, you know, like, yeah, sure. Um, it's, it's sort of between me and the spirit, you know, that's, that's where I think, any kind of spirituality or religion resides and uh taking it taking it big time with like a tv network or whatever and then getting getting caught with the prostitute you know like it, it 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 galls me personally because you're you're using the you're using people's relationship to this greater thing whatever it is uh against them it's like yeah the, it's like the biggest deception. this was none of this was on the show sheet,
2: <laughs> which <laughs> is
0: of not. course often the best topics, but
2: um you know there's there. i to me they're kind of two separate things there's the there's the people who are driving around in a mercedes that's paid for by the prayers of their poor of you know their constituency, their flock. Uh, and that's, you know, that's one set of problem. That's, you know, a pretty big problem, I think. Um, and then those, you know, those self-loathing homosexuals, like that's kind of another, even more complicated problem to me, you know, like there's, you know, those, those guys were, were raised reared in the, in the wrong way. And, you know, It all cascades. I mean, I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm not justifying it. Um, But that's a much more complicated issue, I think, than just uh, some dude running a giant con game, which is what Joel (laughs) Osteen is doing. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is
0: a judgment-free zone except for con men televangelists and we are we're staunchly anti that we're we're also uh anti fascist anti racist like there there are actually a few things that we levy our judgment on here and and maybe and maybe our hypocrisy can be found within that but um yeah i'd, I'd like I, I I would like to come with some more um hard and fast evidence of some of even in recent histories biggest hypocrites
2: honestly even like even when i work it out in my head like i can see somebody growing up in this world looking at the way our presidents behave looking at the way our congress behaves and and their conclusion is oh this is all just a big hustle anyway right this is all just a big scam i should be getting mine however i possibly can uh because that's that's what you know that's what all of our elected officials are doing as far as i can tell um, I think that's again, just the. I think that's just not the, doing the right thing. But you know, they, we're like we're, they're all products of our society. You know, in the indication of certain things that are definitely, definitely broken. You know,
0: I think it's just a
2: stage of capitalism. Yeah. yeah.
0: So whew, let's get on <laughs> to the. Do we have some lighter <laughs> topics on the show sheet. Is there anything they light?
2: Definitely do. I'm so excited because some people got back to us with their answers to Jeff's questions. Oh, we got some Get At Us. Yeah. Oh, wait, I got a... Got a beat for the Get At Us? Sure. Yeah, yeah, of course. That's a Get At Us beat. Because they done Got At Us. Let me see here. Let's find our response from Mr. Brian Benitez.
0: I love that Brian Benitez.
2: He's a he's a good one. can't find his. Good thing we got the robot here.
0: Get at us. So you're listening to the show. You want to get your words in the flow.
1: Get at us.
0: Do a lot of our beats for segments end with me sort of whispering the name of the segment?
2: Uh, that's, uh, that is a tried and true way. Of it's doing a little it, formulaic <laughs> no. stick with, stick with what works, pal, but the show is not formulaic. Uh, no, definitely not. Right. I mean, we do have some formulas at work here, but Oh, Oh, okay. Well, comedy demands framework. I don't think we, yeah, I don't think we lean on them too much. We, we definitely don't mind shaking up our mix every now and then you betcha. Uh, Brian Manita's has uh, got as he said, I loved hearing about the front page's Turkey Cobb salad, like a surprise guest appearance of a beloved television star. Um, and I had I'd forgotten even talking about the Turkey Cobb salad, but it seems to have come up a few times. That's, you know, Dick.
1: It's a hot first, topic.
2: In the first year the front page was open, Dick ate that salad every single day. Um, so, uh, yeah, happy that... Uh, happy that the Turkey Cobb has become a regular guest on the show. <laughs> uh, you got your
0: headboard. You got your water heater. You got your garage fridge. You got your Turkey cob.
2: <laughs> All the important stuff. All those uh, guys. It's the crew. Brian said the day he would rel- like to relive for 37 years uh, is a weekend day with really good weather in his mid to late thirties and as many family and friends uh, as possible uh, without without much effort, so he can mix it up. I told you you there's a lot of schmaltzy answers to that question. Sure. (laughs) Uh, And the skill he would like to master is self-promotion. Now that uh... (laughs) was a thoughtful answer. Uh... I mean, dude,
0: I'd want to change mine from Marketing Ninja (laughs) to self-promotion. That's,
2: we could use some of that. Uh, You know, self-promotion, a lot of self-promotion is marketing, so. You could just focus your your ninja style on a particular kind of marketing.
0: I also said that I was going to think of that over carefully and come back with a better answer, but I haven't. And I I did see, (laughs) I saw Brian's get at us, and I thought that's that's brilliant. Yes, a lot. Many people struggle with that, you know.
2: I. Not you. You. You're actually quite good at self-promotion. I, I was going to say, I feel like maybe we could work something out where Brian gives me a little bit of his guitar playing skills, <laughs> and I give him a little bit of my self-promotion skill. and then you know. Oh, wouldn't it be cool if you could do that, like that movie with Justin Timberlake, where
0: there was time, and you could just transfer some of your time to somebody else? They had a little
2: digital <laughs> yes. readout
0: on their forearm. Do you remember that? I don't know what that's called. Get at us and tell us what that movie is.
2: I guess you know we would like we would all just end up. Homogeneous. if that you know if that happened we would all kind of tweak our stats like we would so all be do. super
0: well-rounded yeah everybody would have reasonably high hit points in every skill <laughs> and i guess i guess that's not a bad thing no uh, i guess i don't really you, know i want everybody to just be good at stuff yeah no, it's, it's better that people are good at other things and bad at other things i think so you know and this is like i think you know, that's doing, the natural order like you see it in nature you got to fill your niche
2: and that's niche. a that's a pretty big philosophical question isn't it? this is a question we have questions from jeff how about a question for jeff jeff what are the philosophical implications of everybody being truly equal mm. is true equality really a good thing jeff get at us and let us know Mm-hmm. Tables have turned, Mister Jeff. Wow. I bet he's. I bet he's sorry. Got it. I bet he's Cat's sorry. Pointing at, Cat's pointing at Jeff right now, going, "Ooh, ooh I bet he's sorry he
0: was never a guest on the show." Ooh, ooh. she's so competitive. So competitive. Cimer <laughs> down. Um, <laughs> uh,
2: we, any also, other, any we also other got, got We also got got at by Mister Adam Wentworth. Uh, always a delight. Adam says Jeff's Jeff's Question Corner. He's got a new. He's trying to rebrand the uh, segment. Oh, I JQQ. Think, I think you mean Question Q from F. Okay. Uh, it's Q from Q from QFJ, <laughs> Mister. See, your branding didn't <laughs> stick. Maybe you should consider Adams. Jeff's Question Corner is awesome. My answer to the first question about the Groundhog Day had me thinking of a small slice of time when he got to walk the streets of Paris with his friends. Uh, the last day they went to the Musee de Rodin, sitting in the walled garden of Rodin's estate next to Le Pincieux, the thinker uh, with the Eiffel tower as a backdrop and going to the Sacre Coeur and sitting on the lawn as the city is in full display and uh, then walked around, walked around Paris at night. Uh, he said that uh, that's, then yeah, I, I'm with you on that one, Adam. That's a that that's a thoughtful, like
0: that's, that's a thoughtful answer. I, I'm not making a Rodin pun
2: there. <laughs> I would, like to live that day just once, much less you know, uh, over and over again for 37 years. I think. Yeah,
0: take me there.
2: You know, Paris is certainly one of those old, old, old cities that it, you know it could continue to reward you every day for 37 years. I, I have no question about it. So, good answer. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Adam, for getting at us. Look forward to hearing from all of you.
0: So, um, you just described a gorgeous, delightful day. And I I would like to talk about a really difficult, hard day. (laughs) Do you know what's really hard? Taking apart a bathroom taking apart a bathroom that was built in 1959 with the original tile. Oh, um, I am, we, we skipped our Saturday cast. You're probably like, where's this cast? Three a week, they said. Well, we had to skip because I'm, I'm doing a bathroom remodel <laughs> during the Christmas holiday here. Um, I'm doing a lot of the work myself. I am being heavily assisted by our friend Chris with a K. Um, he is a of course, a professional and an amazing tile guy. And I, I think my original idea was, oh, I'm going to <laughs> do the demo and the carpentry and then he'll just come in for the tile. But as I started to think about it, all of the different aspects of it that I wasn't sure what to do. So I ended up just hiring Chris. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and we're in a strange scenario because I am both the, the client and the helper <laughs> on this but uh, man taking apart a bathroom is we we started on saturday morning and it was raining outside and outside it was cold and i was like i chris was in there just swinging a hammer handing me well we were gathering up bags of tile and the the one thing that's interesting about this my house was built in 59 the construction techniques have changed the flooring was Stick with me here, contractor. you he got a contractor joke for you. The flooring was quarter-inch plywood and then like two-and-a-half inches of concrete. Oh, wait. Qu- wait. Quarter-inch plywood and then like this wire, this cut-your-skin wire, and then two-and-a-half inches of concrete, and then the tile was right on the concrete, no thinset. And um, it was – there were two days of brutality just – taking it down to the studs, which is gonna be our show title today, taking it down to the studs. Um, I've never been in a gulag. I've never done any forced labor, but it, this is what I was feeling uh, at the end of each day. I was imagining what that would be like to just be in a very cold place, being wet and carrying things that are too heavy for you and getting your hands cut. Um, There was the insulation, you know, just like we took the ceiling down too. So the insulation is just raining down on you and it's just gnarly old, probably some rat infested um, insulation. Um, And then... Really, as we were doing this, there was the whole fear of the unknown that was overcoming me because, and and there was a leak, there was a leak under the sink that it was getting into the subfloor and the subfloor was rotting out sort of all around there. It was really a timely deal that we finally pulled the trigger on this. um, But I've just
2: physically uh, been brutalized. So In the last couple of days. What I'm getting from you is you probably don't want to relive this day every day for
0: 37 years. Oh my goodness gracious! <laughs> Can you imagine if the if Demo Day was the day you relived? Oh yeah, what you get
2: into there is a Sisyphusian hell. The,
0: it's the life of Ivan Donosovich, right? That's what some people call hell. This the tub, the old tub was a cast iron tub. And part of the issue with the old bathroom was that you could never really get the tub clean. Um, and it was so heavy. There is no way that the two of us would have gotten that tub out the door. Uh, we ended up, Chris was like, I think you can break it up with a sledgehammer, Google it. And we found this video that was this like minute and a half of, uh saw, too slow uh uh ha- hammer drill too slow Sledge hammer, yes <laughs> apparently like i couldn't believe that was possible apparently cast iron is just so hard that it will brittle and break and then there's a glazing on it so it, um, we and we only had a small sledge and so we were <laughs> in there with at maximum ear protection on eye protection and we we're just taking turns, just smashing at this tub, and once <laughs> once we finally got a hole in it, then it kind of tumbled. But it was the most violent thing that I have ever
2: been a part of, and I've wrestled in high school. I, I, I mean, <laughs> okay, let's 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 pause here for a counterpoint. Now I'm I, you're telling me all this, and I'm thinking about uh, my three year old nephew, little Shafee. Now tell that kid. That he gets to hit on a floor with a hammer, and hit on a cast iron tub with a sledgehammer all day long. He might be like, "Hey, yeah, you know, now now we're talking. Uh, now we're talking something that he doesn't want to hang around in in Rodin's backyard for thirty seven years. He's, he might take he might take the smashing things with a hammer for thirty seven years over uh, over say an afternoon in Paris. I guess it's all
0: relative. <laughs>
2: Just, I, sometimes I've I've found in my life you gotta you gotta look back and realize that maybe you're living you're living your dream life of another time. It wasn't without its visceral charm. <laughs> I will
0: say that I did go to bed. I couldn't get that breaking up of a cast iron tub out of my head. It felt like That's it felt like so a crazy, job. Man. We it felt like a Just job crazy. we were doing for the mob. You know. <laughs> like, We'd been paid to disappear this tub. (laughs) My wife and I like living in an old house, you know, and it has its charm in so many ways, but um, maybe at some point in my life, I'd like to live in new construction. (laughs) I don't know. Like new construction materials seem cheap compared to, old construction materials in a way but <laughs> after an experience like this uh no it's fun i've this is not the first bathroom i've taken apart i've done this before and and chris has built of twenty thousand bathrooms so i'm in good hands i definitely would have been in there discovering stuff so i was i was gripped with the fear of what are we going to discover in the ceiling and the walls and Mm -hmm. and it it ended up not being anything big there was the issue with the leak there was some old termite damage like you know like there was not an active situation but maybe at some point there had been a little bit of burrowing insects in in one part and um you know, overall, it ended up being okay. And now that it's done and on its way, and we've got the new tub, the the, the electrician came today, and I've got some insulation up now, which insulation is horrible. Um, I, I, you know, now I'm stoked. But that fear of the unknown will just grip me sometimes. And
2: I make that's that makes perfect sense to me. I understand. Yeah, especially as a homeowner, there's but. And it's funny, you know, talking about, you know, how the quality in which we build things like building a four inch floor with three different, you know, types of building materials, you know, including wire reinforcement or whatever. That's that's great, provided nothing under there ever leaks.
0: (laughs) Well, and and what we're doing on top of it is similar. It's just kind of a different configuration. We're doing like a thicker ply and then a cement board. And it it just changes. Yeah. Tastes change and technologies change. And then there are trends, as we well know. And you look at we're going to look at the vertical mixed use development as the strip mall of our time. And in 20 years, it's going to look so dated. And right now you just can't get away from it. It feels like the kudzu that's eating Austin, the architecture of gentrification and the vertical mixed use development, just like crashing down on you like a wave.
2: Yeah. But but having affordable, affordable apartments for people to rent and affordable stores for business people to rent is the most important thing that this town needs right now.
0: Well, and, and trends are, are driven by necessity, right? Like um, the strip mall is the way it was because we all had cars and there was plenty of land. (laughs) And so you wanted to have a big parking lot and individual stores. And um, I'm not saying that it's bad. I am just saying that it is a, It's the members-only jacket of our architectural time. (laughs) Well, just like every episode, we think we don't have anything to talk about. And here we are, 30 minutes in, and we've just done the intro. (laughs) What's next? We were joking before the show that Schaefer and I both have the performative gene that just kicks in like a reflex whenever we're... On stage, or whenever the red light goes on. Yes, yes, indeed. The <laughs> it's related to uh, to
2: at least my severe mental illness. And you know, I think everybody has it to some degree or another. Um, you know,
0: I should no, say no, that. that's not true. No, that's not true. I mean, people there are people who do obviously, but yeah, it's it's not. Not everybody feels they're most comfortable on stage or recording no, their at, own podcast, yeah, <laughs> and you and I, I both do. <laughs> and I, and I, it, it's a great thing for me, you know. Um, hey Shafi. Shafi, are you there? <laughs> I, I've got some great news. You may already know this news. Um, when well, my dreams started arriving. Oh, good. My Matthias Valina dreams. And uh, I am enjoying them immensely. I like the size of the paper. The, the line spacing is a little tough, but I see what he's doing. He's got, he's got a standard line spacing so that he has a certain, uh, a certain amount, a certain space on which to use on the size of card or the size of paper that he's using. This, this is a fantastic service. Uh, I don't, if you haven't heard Hunter Gatherers, we interview Schaefer's friend, Matthias Falina, who runs a Dream Delivery Service. And you, too, can sign up. uh, What was the URL?
2: DreamDeliveryService.com.
0: Yeah. And uh, for the low, low price of $60, you can get a Dream per day delivered. I, I see that for the posted Dreams, he delivers three at a time. You get packets of three. But I don't know. It's it says one to three of 100. So maybe you get a hundred yeah. dreams no, in a you month. A
2: hundred 100 dreams over a month. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, it's, I it's less than a it. dollar a dream. You can, you can still sign up now and you just, your, your first package will have 10 dreams in it. So that's cool. Well, I'm enjoying them immensely.
0: And if it was, if it, uh, if it fits your predilections, sir, uh, may I read a dream here on the podcast?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Get us a get us a poetry corner beat, first of all. Okay, yeah. Let me um uh, let me and not then, be unprofessional here. And then we'll whisper
0: the words poetry corner.
1: Is
0: this poetry? Um we talked about this. Is this poetry?
2: Yeah, uh, uh, Matthias was choosing to you know, indicate that it's, n- it's not exactly poetry, but I, def- I am of the opinion that it definitely is.
0: It is definitely poetry adjacent. I love these, by the way. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read you the sixth dream in this cycle. You were standing at the table, selecting from a deck of playing cards and laying the cards onto the tabletop arranging them into constellations from the night sky. Suddenly, from outside, you hear a sudden crashing and squawking and grinding. You rush outside to find your car fighting a stray car. The two of them, (laughs) the two of them raking against one another, flinging their doors out, twisting and slipping around, all in such a rapid blur that you can't tell one car from the other. You get the water hose out and spray the cars with cold water. (laughs) This shocks them and they separate. Both cars are dented bumpers, tilted weird scrapes and scratches. The stray car backs into the street, trying to regain their dignity As you look from the stray car to your car, both of them banged up and creaking, fluids leaking from their undercarriages, you know that no one ever wins a fight like this. Far off in the distance, the horizon is filled with thousands of tall, man-made pyramids, taller than mountains, that glow with a pale green light. This dream Hello. this dream has so many twists and turns. <laughs> let me let me just read the first sentence again. You're standing at the table selecting from a deck of playing cards. That's how it starts. All right. What I love about that is my dreams are so incongruous. All right. Sometimes people tell me their dreams, and I'm like, that sounds like really worked out well worked out story structure there yeah or or the narrative makes so much sense and mine so rarely rarely do um nailed it nailed it with number six
2: that image of those two cars fighting is so distinctive to me i can i can picture it so well in my head that it's it's super neat like uh it's very cinematic I'd like Miyazaki to do
0: a, a, a short with this dream.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Thanks again, Matthias. And uh, if I, I'll probably read another dream before the cycle's over. Oh, you definitely should. I, I love them. Oh yeah. Oh man. I forgot. I was going to do this during the dream. Wait. Oh, I wanted to end the dream with
2: this. <laughs> I guess I just did. Yeah. All right. Well, there's a few other things on this show sheet, but I think that they can probably, uh, one of them is something that that I put on the show sheet in the dead middle of the night, and I'm going to have to do some soul searching to figure out what I was talking about. Uh, so. Yeah.
0: So uh, we'll well, I'm, glad,
2: I'm glad to hear that. Well, forward, on a, on a future podcast, guys, I'll try to explain to you what I meant when I typed. Cell phones are weird. <laughs> I look forward to that. I can't wait. <laughs> I kind of remember it had to do with it had to do with uh, vibrating the vibrating cell phone and how, you know, when when they when that vibration first came onto the market, came into the market, we were all having ghost vibrations. Do you remember that? I'm having a ghost vibration right now. <laughs> So uh yeah forward promote forward promote ghost vibrations uh, for another for another time guys something to come back for I cannot have my phone in my pocket and have one of those yeah yeah that's uh that's exactly what I mean by a ghost vibration
0: all right we love you all join us again next time i wasn't talking about a scared scared quivering ghost just remember the poor the choices, the sweeter the wine. Get out there and make some poor choices. Bye. <laughs>